Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha, I'm so glad to hear you be here with me today, all my loyal listeners. And I have a really special guest today that's talking about who is talking about something dear to my heart and that's using art and grieving. And she's going to tell us about her and what she does and how that can help you too. So welcome, Linda. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. It's great to be here. Thank you Thank so you. much for having me and creating this podcast. So I professionally worked as a therapist, but before that, I have always as a human turned to art as a source of healing or connection. Ever since I was a shy kid that had trouble um, speaking up, I was the kid in the corner that was drawing. And then at different points in my life have turned to art um, as a source of either solace or growth or healing or, you know, all of those things. So after my husband died, I just intuitively just went right there. I couldn't, you know, find the words and I just went to collaging, painting my way through the grief. I used clay, I used collage, I used paint, I used colored pencil, pastel, you know, that was the, that was my place where I could go. And it was all welcome and safe and affirmed wherever I was or helped me track wherever I was in the moment in this very nonlinear journey called grief. And then after I made a whole bunch of paintings, the first year I turned them into a book. And now I facilitate art for other creative badass widows. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. I, I also turned to art, not that I was an artist to start off with. I, ironically, I had done lots of design for the theater and I had uh, had my own live theater at, and school of arts at one point. And I loved designing for that, but that was all really big. And I found conceptually I could do things big, like a whole set for the stage, and it would turn out perfectly. But when it got down to something fine, like I do with my hands with a brush or a pen or a pencil, it, that I just had myself convinced that I couldn't do it. And I was so surprised when I started uh, doing it that I could do it. And what I did looked good. And I, I really enjoyed it. And it felt good. It was such a, like a meditation for me. I'd get lost in it, kind of in this Zen state. And it, it really helped me a lot. It is like a meditation. And you do not have to be an artist. And I, I love hearing about, you know, people are just intuitively drawn towards different modalities you know like I'm the opposite like I would go to the 2d the drawing like but the spatial conception and the big set like I would be overwhelmed but you know my son is like that he thinks like 3d and structurally and but yeah anyone anyone is an artist 
And I, that's why I love mediums like collage because it sort of bypasses the critic, you know, where it's like, this must look good, you know, because collages, who cares? It's a collage, you know? And it's also interesting to look at like what mediums are good for different um, aspects of like emotionally or, you know, I do find them, some of them are more meditative, which can help with anxiety, you know, and some of them are more expressive, which can help with anger. And so it's just interesting to look at like what ones can be helpful in different ways for different aspects of grief or growth. That's, that's really interesting to hear you say that because I've noticed I do ceramics and mostly ceramic sculpture because I, I took all the classes and I learned how to do everything and I can throw pots and bowls and stuff, but it doesn't feed me to do that. So mm -hmm. I like to do sculpture. But if I do something that it has to turn out a certain way, like I'm, I'm working on a project right now of making some tile for a porch railing that I've got, and they have to be a certain size and they have to be similar. And that as much as I enjoy doing the whole thing, that's not as much fun to me. I'm going to enjoy the outcome, but it's not as much mm -hmm. fun as it is to just sculpt something. I, I remember how mm -hmm. surprised I was the first time I sculpted a face, that that face just came out in front of me in the clay. And I thought, how did I do that? <laughs> I didn't know that I could do that. But you don't know if you don't try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's at the heart of the art as meditation process. It's like the creator and the created, like we become one with, it's uh, our creator, really, in a way, you know, your ego leaves and then you're just the, the conduit for the creative process. Yeah. I'm similar too, in the sense of, um, I just took a stained um, glass class and, and I took it because it was uncanny. All the widows in my first round of The Art of Grief, um, we did like an image of what your grief looks like on the outside and what it feels like on the inside, these two different images. And it was uncanny how many of them did like broken glass or shatters for how it feels like on the inside. And I thought that's such an amazing metaphor because it feels so broken. Grief can feel so like it shatters you open, but I think it... I think you can get stuck when you think I am broken rather than I got broken open. You know, I think in a grief illiterate culture, like people think you're broken and then they pathologize it rather than grief being this universal experience. So anyway, I was playing with the metaphor of like broken and broken glass and broken and beautiful and putting your life together back together in new beautiful ways and post-traumatic growth. And I love the metaphor, but the process of stained glass it's so exact. And I was similar. I was like, oh, I feel so constrained by this. Like everything has to fit exactly together. And I was like, I, being my painter self, I was like, ah, it'll just, you know, we'll just paint over it or we'll, you know, we'll sand <laughs> it down to fit better, you know, together. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. It has to fit exactly together. So yeah, I'm not going to be making any more stained glass. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I totally relate to what you're saying because I, I have tried stained glass too and I've made little things and with little things with not a whole lot of pieces, I could do really well at it. So when uh, my granddaughter was getting married, she was getting married at a, a restaurant that was on actually on the beach 
and where they were standing, they uh, would be looking out at the water. And they asked me to do the flowers for them. And I, I was doing like flowers for all the table settings where they were going to have dinner. But they wanted like an arch where they were going to stand to get married. And I said, why would you do that? You, you came here to the beach to be able to look at the ocean while you're getting married. Why would you cover it up? So I, I thought I, I best not take that to them until I had a solution. And a, a dear friend of mine is a, a fabulous glass artist. And I had played around with glass at, at her studio with her and, and really enjoyed it. So I approached her and I said, can we create a stained glass project that we could hang in front of the window so that you could see through it and still see the ocean? But it would be their very special decor for their wedding. And uh -huh. so we did. And it was really big. And their, the theme for their wedding were these two like intertwining hearts. So we just blew up the hearts and used colors and, and wow. textures that it, it just, it turned out so well. But I found that the more I tried to help her, the more I was kind of in the way. So I got, to, I, I learned how to put the foil around the edges of the glass pieces mm -hmm. really well. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and I was okay with soldering, but the cutting and fitting yeah. all those little pieces in was just I'm I'm better with um, watercolors and yeah. uh, erasers yes. for pencils, yes. <laughs> that yes. sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The soldering was rough. Oh yeah, so soldering—it's <laughs> a challenge, but it's it's also yes. kind of fun to just see that happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about the, this uh, class or group that you do in art for widows. Yes, well, it's a it's an eight week creative journey. And we meet and we make the we make different art. I want to say projects because then people think like they're going to come out with a masterpiece. It's not. It's more we we make creative process <laughs> together. So you get to do that in session in the group. It's online, and we do it. We have like different themes weekly. We work with soul collage, which I could talk more about. We work with making boxes. We draw, we write, and then we share and get witnessed. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I, that yeah. What you said, share it's and amazing. get witnessed is just so powerful that, you know, the rest yeah. of it is something you could probably get at any art class, but the opportunity to be with right. people that have, our experiences aren't the same, but we can relate to each other when we're dealing with grief. Yes. And to be able to to share and get witnessed in in that environment is great. That's that's how the yes. the Grief and Happiness Alliance works with their their the writing projects. It's not projects, the writing um, prompts that I give people. Yes, and then yes. they they share. They don't necessarily read it, but they they love being able to interact about what was coming out of what they were doing. And it's it's the same way with art, just a different medium. Yes. Yes. And particularly to, like I myself in early grief was in a, a grief group and I, I was in two different grief groups and one was just for widows and one was more general grief. And, you know, on the one hand, grief is grief, you know, and on the other hand, grief is specific, right? And so it, it can be, it can be very different if you're grieving the loss of a child or you're grieving the loss of a spouse or you're grieving the loss of a parent or, you know, and so I think there's something happen that happens with just widows 
that's kind of amazing, even though we all still have our own individual specific, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's different, but that makes a safe container for, you know, like I could share Gallo's humor with another widow, but if someone else said something to me, I'd probably be like, that's offensive, you know, but yeah. from another window, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we also do, um, the other thing that I, that I hope that people leave the, the um, whole experience with is creativity as a spiritual practice. So then they take that with them, you know, from the group. So like in soul collage, you make all these cards and then it kind of becomes, it's not tarot, but it's the closest analogy I can come up with, is it becomes this way you can consult your own inner wisdom. So you have all these collaged cards for all these different aspects of yourself. And then you can ask a life question and you pick cards and you write an intuitive response from your own wisdom, I, which is I a really <laughs> magical way to bypass the critic. Yes, it, it is. I a friend had me over to do soul collage with a group at her house one day, and and I just came out with two cards. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd do more, but I haven't yet. But I love them. Can can you hold like one of them up or a couple of them up so we can see them? Yeah, I'm not sure that, that how well this will read on the podcast. But, so oh my goodness! Here's um here's one of taking care of your inner vulnerable parts. Here's one about aging and holding the question and the uncertainty of that. Here's one about listening to the seedling aspects of yourself that are still partly in the dark. Here's the part that wants to hide under the covers in grief. So there's different suits in the soul collage deck. And so there's one suit that is all your animal guides um, and they can be real or imagined. So this is an R-O-U-S for, for those of you that have seen The Princess Bride. It's a rodent of unusual size. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Here's a part for the critic. Oh, that's um, good. Like, wait, wait, just a second. I want, um, because this is mostly audio, let's describe some of these so they can see. Like the, the inner critic. Is it inner critic? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the inner critic here, we go ahead describe that. Well, this one was I have a bunch for because the critic shape shifts a lot, but this particular one was the body image inner critic. So it's got two women, you know, looking. Uh, it's got a woman looking at two images of women, and it's the same woman um, wearing different dresses, you know, from a an objective standpoint. But one of them looks really happy, and one of them look, looks really sad. And then, which is kind of what our thoughts do from our critic and our body image, you know, it's not really about the dress or the size of our body, it's our thoughts about it. And then in the background is a big, compassionate, great mother figure in the universe that oh, is I, kind of... Yeah, I, I love that that mother figure because it's, it's indescript enough that you could relate it to any mother and then it just feels like the, the mother is holding both the person looking at the other people and the other people just holding them and comforting them. It's just, it's beautiful. So can you tell us about one more? Sure. Let's see. Let me find a good one. They're all good. 
I really like them and I like how you use them. It's not something, and this is something you can do with any art that you create. When you create it, you can write about it. You can think about it. You can meditate on it. There's lots of ways that you can use art to uh, comfort you and guide you. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I've just picked a whole bunch. Here's another um, example of a version of the critic. This is the stubborn one. It's got uh, a bunch of different toddlers puffing themselves up going, no. Basically, oh, yeah. I just one see is in the crib and one's in the high chair and one of them is puffing out his chest and his diapers. Yeah. And that too, um, when, when you're a child, you can get away with stuff like that and it's expected. And we, we kind of prevent ourselves from doing that when we're older because we should have grown out of that. But it doesn't hurt to give into that every once in a while. Well, or to notice that that's the part of you that's speaking, right? Because usually it's protecting something vulnerable, right? That's how I can, like, when I notice that part of me that comes up, it's just like, no, just no matter what, no. (laughs) And it's like, okay, there's a scared part of you that (laughs) the no is trying to protect here, okay? I used to to be affected by that a lot, and I finally recognized that and was able to deal with it. So I I can see how the cards could help with that. I would really like for you to tell us about your book. Oh, okay. Well, it's called After Your Person Dies, um, Affirmations for Grief, Making Meaning, and Going On. And it's a collection of the paintings that I made the first year. You want me to read some of the... I would love for you to read some affirmations. Affirmations are okay. so powerful. I'm going to I'm going to read you a bunch of choices and you pick one. Okay. Okay. Did this really happen? Grief is physical. Grief is a compost heap. The things they leave behind. Okay. Anger. Let me stop you there. I want all four of those. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Those are the first four in the book. Okay. All right. So here's number one. This is called the, did this really happen? In the beginning, you may feel numb or part of you may feel numb or want to go to sleep and wake up realizing it was all a bad dream. You may find yourself thinking this isn't happening or this didn't happen. You may have the experience of not being in your body or as if the world is continuing and you are an observer watching it go on without you. Things that used to feel normal may now feel irrelevant or senseless. Your patience and tolerance may be very low. You may feel very, very tired. Your brain may feel foggy. Your mind and body are numb because they are protecting you from experiencing too much pain at once. Trust your body and your mind's inherent wisdom. If you feel you are moving underwater or your brain is in a fog, this is normal. Just keep moving at whatever pace you need. Slow is a very good pace. Oh, that's beautiful. Should I keep going? Yeah, I'll read, read Grief one more. Grief is physical. Okay, pick between these. Grief is physical. Grief is a compost heap. I like that one. Grief is a compost heap. Grief is a compost heap. Okay. This one was really fun because this came from... Um, I'll describe the image to you because you can't really see it, but it's a compost heap, obviously. And the compost heap in the painting is made from a bunch of ripped up journals that Mm. I had written. And they were all journals from the process when my husband was sick and after he died. And 
just all the letters I wrote to God and all the different, like, going to, not that grief has stages and not that it's linear, but, you know, all of the, like, pleading and bargaining and acceptance and anger and, you know, just, like, all of those letters that I wrote in my journal, like, throughout my husband's sickness and then after he died. So those are all ripped up and made into this compost heap. And then I painted the compost heap. And it's got a little tiny seedling on top because I didn't want it to be like, ta-da, here's yeah. this beautiful sunflower. I'm so transformed and like I'm so strong and amazing, which a lot of us widows do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which we all are strong and amazing, right? Yes. And it's also okay to be a seedling and a compost heap. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, here's the affirmation. Grief is a compost heap. You may feel like you should be an inspirational sunflower or look strong in your grief. You might try to put on a bright face so that others aren't uncomfortable. People have a hard time hanging out with the compost of grief. They want to make it pretty, more comfortable, better. They want to turn it into silver linings and sunflowers. But grief is not a sunflower. It is fertile, but smelly and messy. Layers of despair, confusion, and regret are mixed right next to small bits of hope for new life. Let yourself be the compost. Drop the sunflower mask of trying to please other people. There is no better time than now to stop people-pleasing. It is not your job to comfort other people with their discomfort. Grief is uncomfortable, inconvenient, and messy. You don't have to make it better for them or you. Just be with the compost and allow what needs to grow from it grow. It may or may not be a sunflower. You don't you do not need to know what that will look like. Oh, that's fabulous. I can really relate to that now because I, I planted a, a huge garden when the uh, pandemic started because of we're on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you know, (laughs) we're very remote and we, a lot of the grocery store shelves were bare and I just felt like I had a responsibility to do something about that. So I have have quite a garden now and share it. I don't don't, uh, charge anybody for things. If people want some food, they can come over and pick it. And compost has become my friend. (laughs) And I love seeing the beauty that comes out of the compost. Just watching these things grow is so wonderful. So I I can really relate to that one. I like that one a lot. That's so amazing. You did that. You're literally in the, you're not in the metaphor. You're in the. (laughs) Wow. Well, I just, I love talking to you. I think I could go on talking to you forever. Uh, you mentioned that your husband died. Could, I, we should have probably done this at the beginning. How, what was it that you were grieving that got you started on this, this path of dealing with it, with your art? Well, my, my dad died the spring of 2019 and then and he had Parkinson's and my husband died three months later and he had pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is a brutal cancer. Yeah. So um, that that was my big initiation. There it was. Yep. And so that's what led me headlong back into the art. That's wonderful. You know, there, a lot of times there's something that we've had in our past experience that once we're in the position of the kind of 
new world that we enter into without a loved one, who, whoever it is. And if you can reflect back on, on one of those things, like your art, look how beautifully it served you in my writing. It's, it served me beautifully. There are so many different things that you can do that are really positive to help get you oriented, would I say, to this uh, different way of being now. So, well, thank you so much for being here today. In our show notes, we'll have a link for her book so that you can see where it is and maybe some class information so that you can sign up because I'm sure you're going to be wanting to sign up, especially for those uh, soul collage cards. That just was wonderful. So thank you, Linda, very much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for hosting and oh. for all the um, containers for creativity you have you have made and brought into the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I really do. So we will see you all next week with a, another episode of Grief and Happiness. And just remember, there's, you can always be happy, whatever your circumstances are. There can be genuine happiness in your life. So see you next week. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode 